chapter 2, verses 15 through 18. Luke chapter 2, verses 15. And I apologize, Lauren, I see the typo right now in my sermon. Luke chapter 2, verses 15 through 18. So if you drop on down in that feed, you can find it. But I'm going to be reading this morning from the New International Version translation. I normally don't preach from this one, but you'll see in just a minute uh, why I chose uh, the verbiage in this one today. Luke chapter 2 and verse 15. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word. Somebody say, spread the word. They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. I'm going to preach a Christmas sermon series to you for today and the following two Sundays. A unique one that the Lord has given me. So bear with me. We're going to stay in the Word, but it is going to be quite unique. Uh, I'm going to use... uh, How many watch the movie Elf? The Christmas movie Elf. How many? It's one of your favorites. Be honest. I'll tell you right now. If you don't make your chicken and dumplings by starting with a fat hen... And make you dough from scratch, you smell like beef and cheese. Can I get a witness this morning? How many knows what I'm talking about? So today, I want to preach the first message in this sermon series titled Home for Christmas. Today, I want to preach the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. If you will, pray with me and for me this morning. Father, we just thank you for your presence that we've already felt here today. Lord, I thank you for these beautiful people that you have assembled today in your house to worship you and to lift up your name. God, I thank you that your word promises us that if you are lifted up, that you'll draw all men, women, boys and girls unto you. So God, today I pray for the next few moments that you would just remove every hindrance. God, I ask you to render every plan of the enemy non-effective today. Lord, just remove every hindrance that would prohibit your spirit Lord, from moving in this place and doing the work that only you can do. Anoint every ear to hear your word and every heart to receive your word. But God, I ask you today to anoint these lips of clay. I feel like the Apostle Paul. I'm a worm and no man. Lord, I'm not worthy of your anointing today. But God, I ask you that you would anoint these lips of clay to deliver your word. And Father, that it would come forth in the power and the demonstration of your spirit. And that hearts and lives would be changed for your glory. And more than anything, God, I pray, Lord, that many would come home for Christmas this year. We'll give you the glory, the honor, and the praise for what you're going to do in and through your word today in advance. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, and everybody said, amen. You may be seated. In case you may be here today and you might be unfamiliar with the Christmas movie Elf, let me tell you just just briefly a very little bit about Buddy's story. Buddy was an unwanted infant, so he was in an orphanage and he was there in that orphanage on Christmas Eve night when Santa shows up to deliver presents in the orphanage and unnoticed by Santa Buddy climbs out of his crib and he climbs into Santa's gift bag and he ends up going home with Santa to the North Pole and when he's discovered by the elves they name him Buddy because they mistake the brand name on his diaper to be his name 
And so Buddy is then raised by the elves. He's totally oblivious to the fact that he's actually human. He's one of us until he fails miserably at every single task that he tries or attempts to do in Santa's workshop. And so finally, Santa informs Buddy that he actually has a father in New York City. And so the adventure begins. And still operating from the perspective of an elf, uh, the movie chronicles Buddy's journey as he travels home to New York where he ultimately saves Christmas by continuing to live his life in the big city according to the tenets of the elf code that he learned while at the North Pole. So over the next few weeks, we're going to examine the code of the elves and I want to see if it can help us get others home for Christmas. But I also want to see if we can apply it to how we live our lives as well. So when we learn the code of the elves, there's they give us an order there, but there's no mention that order really matters. So I'm going to change the order up a little bit today. And today, as I've already told you, we're going to talk about the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. So, in essence, this portion of the Code of the Elves is addressing sharing the good news of Christmas with those around you. Now, the spirit of this part of the Code was captured in the classic Christmas carol, Go Tell It on the Mountain. How many loves that one? That's, that's the spirit of this same code. It's the idea that the good news of Christ's birth was supposed to be broadcast far and wide. But when you stop to think about it, if you read the story and you stop to think about the actual account of Christ's birth, uh, it stands in direct uh, contrast, really, to this concept. Because when we read the story, we find that Christ is born. His parents are doing their best to, to live off the grid, if you will, because at the time there's this maniac of a ruler by the name of Herod. Uh, and they're trying to live off the grid so that Herod won't slaughter this baby to make sure he wasn't a threat to his rule and to his control over the land. And even though family members are informed, angel choirs accompany the delivery. And the Bible tells us that wise men travel from afar. And the news of Jesus' birth, though, isn't really broadcast far and wide because... In, in fact, if you stop to think about it and the account we read, we're really only talking about maybe a few more than 11 people who were key players in the story of broadcasting Jesus' birth. First of all, of course, we had Mary and Joseph. And then that's two. We had Elizabeth and Zechariah. That makes four. We had the innkeeper. That makes five. We had three wise men. That makes eight. And then we had Simeon, Anna, and and King Herod. So that makes 11. Those were the people that were really made keenly aware of Jesus' arrival. And every single one of these characters seemed to keep the news of Jesus' birth fairly quiet. When we read the account, we read that Mary, the Bible said, hid those truths in her heart. So we find that mom is hiding those truths in her heart. We find that dad, Joseph, takes the family on a flight to Egypt. He flees because he's running from King Herod. We read that the innkeeper basically 
ignored the entire story. The wise men visited and they went home after they visited keeping the news to themselves. We don't read anything else about the wise men broadcasting the story of Jesus. We, we read that Anna and Simeon are talking to uh, Joseph and Mary in the temple. But that's all we read of their discussion of Jesus. And we catch a brief glimpse. Have you ever thought about this? It, when you read the story of the life of Jesus, after we talk about his birth, we catch a brief glimpse of him at the age of 12. And then Jesus just seems to fade into the background for the next 18 years. Have you ever thought about that? You hear very little about him until his earthly ministry began when he was around the age of 30. But I want us to think, wait, wait just a minute. There's at least three or four more people in the story when we read the account of Jesus that knew about Jesus' birth and who they understood this code that we're talking about today that we've read in the scripture about spreading the word. Scripture tells us that shepherds were informed about Jesus' arrival. So let's read verses 15 through 18 again. Verse 15. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they, they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they, they are the shepherds, had seen him, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all, say all. All who heard it, so it took the shepherds spreading the word. But once the shepherds spread the word, everybody who heard the word was amazed at what the shepherds said to them. As the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the shepherds, or another synonym to break it down to what a shepherd was, a shepherd was a sheep herder. That's what a shepherd was. So the sheep herders talked it over. And they said, let's go to Bethlehem. And as fast as we can, and let's see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. And so we read that the sheep herders left. They left running, and they went and they found Mary and Joseph, the Bible said, and they found the baby lying in the manger. For the shepherds, seeing was believing. Seeing was believing. And they told everyone that they met what the angels had said about this child. And everybody, all, say all, all who heard the sheep herders were amazed. The Bible says, another translation says astonished. Another translation says impressed. Can I tell you today that the least, I want you to hear this today. The least important people were tasked with the most important message. Did you hear what I said? The least important people were tasked with the most important message. Sheep herders or shepherds as we refer to them. These lowly shepherds. If you don't know about what was thought of shepherds in that day. The shepherds were the less thans of society. They were the dropouts because what does a shepherd do? They literally spend their career in a field keeping watch over sheep. That's what they do. Keeping sheep together. That's their job day in and day out. All they've got to do is keep sheep together. They were the dropouts. They were the underachievers. They were the forgotten. They were the tolerated. 
They were the overlooked and they were the lower echelon, if you will, of society. They were the bottom of the totem pole. And this is one small difference though. There's one small difference in the account of the shepherds versus the account of everybody else that we've talked about including the wise men. And that account is found when we, uh, when we read the story. The story tells us that the glory of the Lord is an added element to the shepherds. Now stay with me this morning. Remember that Moses, how many remembers Moses begged God to see his glory, right? And after Moses saw the glory of God, do you remember what happened? The Bible said that he had a glow about him for days because once he saw the glory of God, he glowed with the presence of God. The Bible says that God actually hid him in the cleft of a rock and he covered him with his hand when the glory passed by. He didn't even allow him to be completely revealed to the glory. But in the account of the shepherds that we read here, they were treated to the glory of the Lord without a covering. They were treated to the glory of the Lord with no filter, if you will. And it's interesting that when we read the story, out of all the people that we talk about, the shepherds were the least. But have you ever noticed that the least got the most. The least were entrusted with the most. So these least among them respond. They were entrusted with the same good news that was entrusted to everybody else uh, but only to be met with silence. These shepherds responded entirely different than everybody else responded. Scripture says that they told everybody. Everybody they came into contact with. Not just their friends. Not just their family. Not just those who were willing to listen. Are you with me today? They told everybody. What are you saying pastor? I'm saying that when we see the glory of God, we ought, when we experience the glory of God in our lives, we ought to broadcast it far and wide loud and clear and let the world know what Jesus Christ has done. Why should our response be less than the same of these shepherds. Can't we also testify that those who deserved nothing got everything? See, this word tells us, I hope I don't bust any bubbles today, but I put myself right in this same category. This word tells us our righteousness is as filthy rags. This word tells us that our works are empty. This word tells us that our worthiness is nothing. I tell us that our worthiness is laughable. That's the truth. And like the shepherds, we're called to share our story of God coming to us. Like the shepherds. We're called to let others know what Jesus has done for us. Is there anybody in the house this morning that, will, that can remember how when the Lord picked you up? Is there anybody else in the house this morning that remembers how you were in that pit when you were in that condition but the Savior reached down His mighty hand for you and lifted you up out of that pit? Is there anybody else today that will say, I shouldn't even be here today but... But God in His mercy and His grace. We ought to sing it loud and clear. 
We ought to sing it like the song that they sing around here a lot. All my life you have been faithful. Can anybody testify that today? All my life you have been so, so good, yeah, with every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God's head. They're going to help me. Yeah, give the Lord some praise this morning. We ought to be singing it loud and clear. All my life, he has been faithful. I don't know about you, I've not always been faithful. I've not always done everything right. I've not always made the right decisions and the best choices. But I can tell you today, all my life, God has been faithful. All my life, he's been so, so good. So we ought not be able to help. But to sing about his goodness, to sing about his arrival, to sing about his birth. His birth must have met them with relative silence. But I want to tell you, our rebirth through, through Jesus Christ cannot go unsung. Did you hear me? I said our rebirth through Jesus Christ should not go unsung. I want to tell you, I realize the climate that our world is in today, but now is not the time for the church to remain silent. But now is the time for us to declare His goodness, declare His sovereignty, declare His faithfulness over our lives. We need to stop trying to explain everything. And just share our experience that we've had with the Lord. Beth Ann didn't have any idea what my message was going to be about today. But my experience is my experience. You've got to get your own experience with the Lord. Has God been good to you? I said, has God been good to you? Has Jesus turned your life around? Can anybody say, he turned my mourning into dancing? He's turned my sorrow into joy. He's turned my night into day. He's turned my death into life. I want to tell you, somebody that's watching this morning, uh, that is Jessica McQueen and Mary Reed, who've been coming to this church, but today they're in Cleveland with Chris McQueen, who by all rights, after coming off the ECMO vent, should have never still been here, but God, but God has been faithful. God has moved. I want to tell you something. We don't understand sometimes what, why we go through what we're going through in this life. But in this situation is, is when Jessica came to this altar and rededicated her life to the Lord. And her family got back in church. And you know what I can't wait for? I've been talking to him back and forth on Facebook Messenger. And I cannot wait until the day they either roll him through or he walks through those doors because he can't wait to get here because God has intervened. But see, not just them, not just Michaela, whom if you know her and know her story, we've all got a story to tell. I said we've all got a story to tell. We've all got a song to sing. And we ought to sing loud. We ought to share the word. We ought to share it with anybody and everybody. Because let me ask you something this morning. What better news do you have? What better news do you have? Your favorite team? Where's my boy at? 
He's hiding. Oh, he's raising his hand back there in the back corner now. Your favorite team? Oh, yeah. L's down. Sorry, son. I love you. Your favorite pastime? Your favorite hobby? Your favorite food? Anybody got favorite foods? Uh, anybody besides me eat lots of favorites this weekend? Your favorite vacation spot? That big house or that fancy car? Can I tell you that all of those things, all of those things pale in comparison to Jesus. All of those things pale in comparison to Jesus. They all pale in comparison to the good news. So why is it so important to share this good news? Can I tell you, good news is only good news if it's shared news. Let me say that again. Good news is only good news if it's shared news. Good news has to be shared. Good news becomes a bad secret when it's not told. Against the backdrop of so much bad news today. So much fake news. Are you with me? So much unnecessary news. So much unwanted news. And, but we have a news that we can share of a Savior. We have a news that we can share of hope. We have a news that we can share of forgiveness. We have a news that we can share of freedom. We have a news that we can share of how Jesus can take the most worst, darkest situation you've ever seen and turn it around for our good. We've got the best news to share. But I'm afraid many times we hold it in and we don't share it. I want to share this quote with you very quickly. Timothy Keller wrote a book titled Hidden Christmas. Here's what he said. Non-religious people can't help but find that the older meaning of Christmas keeps intruding. Uninvited, for instance, through the music of traditional Christmas carols. Because to understand Christmas is to understand basic Christianity and the gospel. To understand Christmas is to understand basic Christianity and the gospel. So what was absent or lacking at the birth of Jesus has now fallen our lot. Broadcasting the good news has become our responsibility. Let me say this. I didn't say my responsibility. I said our responsibility. If you've received Jesus, thank you, Hunter. It's our responsibility. If y'all want to help me preach, Hunter will. Uh, I don't even have to tip him, by the way. But it's our responsibility to share the good news of the gospel. It's our part of the code. Why did you use the elf code or the code of the elves? The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. What did Jesus say before he left this earth? He said, go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel to who? Not just to the ones you want to try to draw in. Oh, I could preach right now on some things. Not just to the ones you want to pick out and say, we want them. No. The book said go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature teaching them, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Ghost. Every single creature. It's our commission. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 says for unto us a child is born. Unto who? Unto who? Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder 
I'll just throw this in and it's free. Stop worrying about the political situation. He's got the government on his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Unto us a child is born. We got to get the word out. I want to tell you, most of the time, and I'm almost finished, we are too quiet about him. Most of the time, we are too quiet about him. I want to tell you something this morning. My life sings. Your life sings. It either sings about him or it sings about something else. Did you hear me? I said it either sings about him or it sings about something else. Our life either sings about his goodness or it sings about our pain. Our life either sings about his peace or it sings about our panic. Our life either sings about his joy or it sings about our junk. Hello, somebody. Our life either sings about his love or it sings about our lack. Every single day, our attitude, our actions, our conversations sing a song. And we got to be sure that the song that our lives are singing is singing a song about Jesus. You need to check your song this morning. Did you hear me, church? I said you need to check your song this morning. There are people listening for your song. Don't let your song be a song that glorifies your circumstances or your situation or what you may be going through. But let your song be a song that glorifies Jesus and says he's good. He's faithful. Check your song. Are you a blues singer? There's a lot of blues singers in the church. an old spiritual they used to sing nobody knows the trouble I've seen if you wasn't depressed you would be before they got done nobody knows but Jesus oh poor pitiful me check your song instead in the song go telling on the mountain said when I was a seeker I sought both night and day I asked the Lord to help me and he showed me the way he made me a watchman Upon a city wall. And if I am a Christian, I am the least of all. Did you catch that? Some of us this morning were the least likely. But God. I said some of us this morning were the least likely. But God. God, the, the least oftentimes get the most. And then the songwriter went on to say, Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. As they come to the music today, we can say it another way. And it's on the screen for you right now. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. I pray that we follow the shepherd's example. And I want to close again with the Christmas story. I'm going to read out of Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. Just read with me. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem to the town of David because he belonged to the house and the lineage of David. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and expecting a child. 
while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. For today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel. What were they doing? Praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angel had left them and gone into heaven, those shepherds looked at each other and said, Let's go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him for themselves, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all, everybody who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned though. They were glorifying God and praising God for all the things that they had heard. And all the things that they had seen which were just as they had been told. In verse 20, the sheep herders, if you will, returned and they did it. I like to say it this way, a good old fashioned Pentecostal term. They returned and they cut loose and they began to glorify God and praise God for everything they had heard and seen because it was just as they had been told. I wonder if there's anybody sitting in this house this morning that can testify this Jesus is everything I've ever been told that he was. This Jesus deserves my praise. He deserves my honor. He deserves my I wonder if there's anybody who will say, I'm glad I heard the good news of the gospel. Come on, somebody help me preach this morning. Anybody who will say, I'm glad I heard the good news of the gospel. I wonder if there's anybody else this morning who will say, because of what he's done for me, I'm not ashamed to praise him. I'm not ashamed to give him glory. I'm not ashamed to give him honor and praise. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Like the shepherds, listen to me this morning. Like the shepherds, I was among the least. But thanks be to God, I got the most. <laughs> you're looking at a boy, well, you're looking at a man that's getting old, really. But I like to think of me as a boy. A 45-year-old boy who lost his daddy when he was nine years old. Never really had another male influence in my life. So there's probably a lot of things that I missed out on learning how to do. But I want to tell you something else you're looking at this morning. You're looking at a man who was from the wrong side of the county. I can't say the railroad track because we didn't have a train where I live, but I was on the wrong side of the county. Didn't have a whole lot. Didn't have a daddy from the time I was nine years old. I could have been strung out on drugs. 
I could have been an alcoholic because he was. I could have been all of those things. But I want to tell you, I heard about a Jesus. <laughs> Woo! I said I heard about a Jesus. And when I gave my life to him, he's been my father because he's a father to the fatherless. He's a mother to the motherless. He'll be your everything, whatever you need. That's just what he is. We used to sing an old song that says that. Whatever I need, that's just what he is. If you'll stand with me all over the room today, I'm going to close with this. Verse 20, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Now I want to tell you, you may be here this morning, and you may feel like the shepherds. You may feel like you're amongst the least. I want to ask you, if you will, this morning, every head bowed and every eye closed all over this room. You may feel like you're unworthy and you're amongst the least. The least deserving. The least desirable. The least worthy. The least. But I want to tell you this morning, that's the good news about Jesus. Woo. I said, that's the good news about Jesus. He came for the least. Not only did he come for the least, but he'll give to the least the most. He'll let the least see his glory. So I want to ask you today, what are you waiting on? I said, what are you waiting on? God wants to reveal his glory to some of you this morning. We're going to open this altar, and they're going to begin to sing. And this first invitation is, if you say, Pastor, I feel like the least among you this morning. But oh, I want to come before Jesus. And I want to know this Jesus. I want to walk with this Jesus. You may be here and you may say, Pastor, I've not been sharing the good news. I've not been spreading the word. But I'm going to come before Jesus and tell him I'm sorry. And I want my life song to sing for him.